Jamie, you wrote about global IoT and Nokia today, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Why did uh, you speak to him like a four-year-old? Because I just realised it was a rather forced segue. <laughs> <laughs> On today's A Week in Wireless, Cisco reckons there'll be more people with smartphones than running water in 2021. Hmm. 5G gets a new logo and we look at the smart garment for fitness freaks. All that and more on today's A Week in Wireless. And don't forget to tweet us using the hashtag AWIW. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to A Week in Wireless, your weekly dose of telecoms loveliness. My name is Tim Skinner, and joining me today is Jamie Davies. Hi there, Tim. And uh, are you, 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 uh, you finished making your notes? Yeah, good yeah, to go. Just about. Yeah, Lovely. Yeah, cool. I'm all right. <laughs> and uh, and also Scott Bicheno. Hello. Nothing like leaving it to the last minute, is it? Oh, we always fly by the seat of our pants, don't yeah. we, gents? Um, right. This week we've got uh, lots of things to be getting on with. So. Um, we might as well begin with smartphones. And apparently in about four or five years, Jamie, we're going to be running out of water because there are too many smartphones or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it spot on. You know, because, <laughs> cool. because, yeah, they're always thirsty, these smartphones. So. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, they are, they are real guzzlers. <laughs> um, no, it was more about the, what was it? It was the growth of, it was the growth of smartphones versus... Mm. The number of people who have running water or access oh, right. to right. running it was, water. It was a Cisco thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a Cisco report, which was talking mainly about sort of like the speeds of the, uh, the speeds, the internet traffic, and you know how much how everything will be so much faster and bigger and better yeah. in mm-hmm. five years' time. And mm-hmm. you know the, the growth is absolutely exceptional, um, but. You know, I think I, I took the piss a little bit with the <laughs> with the with the headline, and it was a case of yeah. But they, they did say that, yeah. The, the, the oh, they did of say people, it. Yeah. So it's the number of people who actually own smartphones. There's going to be more people who own smartphones than people who have running water. So there'll yeah. be some people with a smartphone and no water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, it's going to have to be, yeah. And they'll be like, you know, this smartphone's great, and I, I, I love a bit of Angry Birds, but I'm <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so headline stat aside, um, what else did this this sort of piece that you put together sort of flag up? I mean, it wasn't. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it was something we wrote about. I mean, it wasn't anything that we haven't seen before. Mm. It was okay. In the next five years, the digital economy is going to boom. It's going to take over the rest of the world, and internet traffic is going to go through mm, the roof. Lots of big numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was mm. just a lot of big numbers. And the, I mean, the one thing that caught my attention was the the video side of things. Yeah. So according to Cisco, and I'm going to hedge this because I'm a little bit sceptical, mm-hmm. <laughs> video traffic will account for 78% of all mobile traffic by 2021. And wow. yeah, okay, okay, I can see incredible growth in that area. But if we're going across to, well, I suppose it just depends how much, how, if if you know, 4K video takes over yeah, it's, phones it's measured, or anything it's like that. measured by volume because it takes well, yeah. up so much more data. Than yeah, yeah. yeah. But I still can't see it by that much. I can't see the written I word mean, dying that much. Well, I, I bet what Cisco's dying, which is what most analysts do, which is get a curve and yeah. extrapolate it. Yeah. So that'll be the way the curve's headed. Yeah. yeah. I think um, to back that point up, though, or to at least give it some sort of context, like. The majority of other uh, activities on a smartphone, web-based activities, is sort of text-based, either bringing up a browser or sending a message or something, and that does consume minimal amounts of data compared to... It. And so while 
if you were to compare the number of sessions between video and everything else, it, it will be incomparable. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're still, because video is so dense, it is taking up yeah. more. Yeah, but you're still forgetting about everything like music streaming or uh, or yeah. apps using apps, for instance, sucks up a huge amount of data at times. So, and that's not video. Um, no, I agree. But if you if you have a look, more prepared, and we actually had data in front of us, we could have a look at the size of a sort of four minute music file yeah, yeah. versus the size of an equivalent video file. I think we'd yeah. find the latter was... Yeah, I mean... I think, I think the, the, the standard sort of um, sort of data size for a, for a song is a, an MP3, a sort of three to four minute MP3 will probably be somewhere between sort of six and ten meg. Right. Um, roughly. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I get, I get all that. I get yeah. that text is minimal data. I get that sort of like messaging is minimal yeah. data. Mm-hmm. And even if you go sort of like... You know, to sort of like voice calls over over the internet. Mm-hmm. I get that's mm-hmm. minimal data as well. Yep. But yep. by comparison, by comparison, by comparison, but you still reckon seventy eight percent. I think you're I th- having a laugh, Cisco. I think that's just <laughs> too big a number. Don't get me wrong. I I really do think that video is going to take a so huge. What number chunk. would you have been comfortable with? I don't know. I mean, it's I'm not. I'm not paid to to, to make those sorts of judgment, judgments. Well, you are. Um, I'm well, saying no. you are. No, no, that's analyst jobs. You Set, know. Give me an answer. Or I'm not paying you. Go on, forty-seven. Forty-seven, <laughs> 47 is what I would have been comfortable with. So, um, let me ask you this then, guys. To to each of you, when was the last time you streamed something on your mobile? Video mm. or anything? Video. Very rarely. In fact, I have to have stern conversations with my son about not hoovering up his one gig a month data allowance with YouTube. So have you seen any sort of breakdown as to how much of his data allowance is used by videos? Yeah, all of it, when he does. Okay, so then that's my phone going off. Massive. Um, So what we're we're suggesting here then is um, that a younger generation Mm. is principally using video data on their phone beyond other... Other, uh, yeah, yes, they might start sort of video calling and that sort of thing. I've, I don't know about you, I've never really seen the appeal of video calling. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that will change. Mm. There's lots of things I don't see the appeal in that other people do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into all of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay. so I think that's so, fair. I mean, I think from, from my perspective as a, as a user, um, I think I probably stream stuff on my mobile video-wise, uh, once every couple of days, yeah. uh, it'll be I'll be watching the football on BBC or Sky or streaming but don't, Netflix. But or don't Amazon forget, or you're, you're actually missing out a huge, huge segment of what uh, a sort of data usage as well. When you look at the enterprise mobility side of things, um, I mean, we don't do it mm. just primarily because you know we don't have to download these huge data sheets or anything along those lines. But what about people who salespeople who are out and about who have to look at? You know, sales forecasts, and they download that spreadsheet to their phone. I mean, if the if the enterprise mobility side of things is going to take off so much more, mm. I mean, how much video are they streaming? You know, nothing think, to do with their it's, work. It's not. It's not something for us to to be able to speculate on unless we get some sort of hard data points. It might be something to put to listeners, and, and if there are people who use their devices out in the field, and if they're doing a lot of enterprise mobility yeah. based jobs, if you if you use video a lot, then let us know, and we can carry this conversation well, one, on one another thing time. But one th- sort of underlying agenda is that the the whole telecoms industry is gearing itself more towards accommodating these sort of vast amounts of data yeah. that, are, that are produced by video. Well, actually, as you as you mentioned that, producer Brad's been sticking up a couple of signs over your head while you've been talking. Oh, okay. Um, and nothing personal, Scott, don't worry. Um, yeah. And he's just given us you a couple wait, of data Brad. points. Brad, can you show us those again, please? We have got five billion videos being watched every single day on YouTube. On, on what, though, Brad? 
on oh, no, 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 but on your mobile or on your laptop. So it's both, yeah. So. Yes, okay, so together. This but we don't, we don't know how that breaks down. It'd be worth us looking into that. This is cutting edge and radio, then we're also looking a conversation at, with a guy no one can hear. <laughs> then we're also looking at 300 hours of video being uploaded to YouTube every day. Granted, not all of that's going to be on mobile, Jay. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd hazard I mean, a guess I just say like, it's probably roughly half. It's gone... Um, it's, I, I, think that, I still think that's a bit over the top. Do you think? Half, yeah. Um, in terms of... Mo, uh, I, he said 47%. He's not, he's not going to go any higher than that. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, I'm talking by 2021. I just think... Okay. I don't... I'm not saying that video isn't going to take off I think that's with this route has gone uh, the way this argument has gone I think you guys no, are very fine. unfairly um, <laughs> portraying my argument in uh, but I'm saying that 78% I think just seems like Fair too enough. high a figure okay, no that's a valid point and, 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 at, and at no point was I was I trying to indicate that you don't know what you're talking about uh, um, and, and that's not at all what I was getting at um, I was just trying to put into perspective how I use my mobile and how I stream my stuff. Um, it'll be an interesting one to, to keep an eye on, though, for sure. Um, I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, really, yeah. The, the, guy who, the guy who writes most of the, the stuff at telecoms.com doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. That's, <laughs> oh, that's well, slightly worrying. I don't think we should open that box of worms. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't well. think we should, uh, we should linger on this any longer, gents. Cough <laughs> um, budget constraints. So, <laughs> as we are talking about smartphones, uh, there were some figures released this week uh, that suggest that... Um, Smartphone stagnation and the, the demise of, of smartphones is, is kind of greatly exaggerated by, by some of the things that I saw this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2016 global smartphone sales are up year on year pretty much everywhere, uh, according to some figures released by GFK, who we look to every now and then for good uh, a good indicator of how sales are going. Especially uh, geographical split they're going on. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah regionally. Uh, and so it looks that... Principally, Russia is beginning to fulfil some of that much type potential. Indeed. Uh, and everyone started bundling it into one of those um, acronyms of all the emerging economies, BRIC. Right. Yeah. Um, BRICS. Which is. BRICS, and, yeah. yeah, and they put other eyes in. You get BRICS with two eyes to whack Indonesia in there as oh. well. Oh, is that so? Yeah, so yeah. it's BRIC. Yeah, exactly. isn't, it, isn't it like the third largest country in the world or something like that? There's a ridiculous amount of people in Indonesia. In Indonesia. By population. Oh, yeah, it is, by yeah. population, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, so, but basically, uh, Russian smartphone sales, or should I say smartphone sales in Russia as opposed to sales of Russian smartphones, yeah. uh, went up 10% in 2016 compared to 2015. That was only surpassed by, um, as I refer to them here, the utterly unrelenting China. Uh, China, China, China. Uh, which grew 17% year on year. And that's nuts given how many people are in China. And given how much it had grown prior to that as well. Yeah, exactly. So they're having some kind of second wind. I mean, the, the thing about the smartphone industry, everyone thought it kind of peaked in terms of growth because there was around, around sort of 2012, something mm. like that, there was just exponential growth when everyone cottoned on to the iPhone and Android phones and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And China grew really quickly. And... and Basically, a lot of that growth was people upgrading from feature phones, which is what, until recently, Jamie had, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, onto smartphones. And, of course, that upgrade can only happen once. Yes. So everyone figured, okay, everyone who had a feature phone before has now got a smartphone. That's growth over. We're yeah. going to have a few people who, for some reason, have been living in a cave and didn't have any kind of phone <laughs> are going to go straight into smartphones. Yeah. But 
I don't know. Somehow, I don't know if people are getting two smartphones or if quite possibly if there I was mean, a, still a bit of latent demand that we hadn't counted on. But, it could be that. Know. I mean, we, we can come back to that enterprise mobility angle that Jamie mentioned earlier on as well. A lot of people having two smartphones. Producer Brad holds up his two smartphones. That's greedy, Brad. There are some people who don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's encouraging that globally this is going up. It's up six point six percent across the world. There's only one market that shrunk, shrank, shrank, shrunk, <laughs> some vowel, um, which was Latin America. It went down one percent year oh. on year. However, this is an interesting stat: um, the sales value. Yeah. So the amount of money that those sales made went up eighteen percent year on year. So people are buying better phones, more expensive phones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's looking all right. I think it's just as all of these markets begin to mature, you know, Africa's constantly growing, that's bringing in a lot yeah, more. There's still a lot of latent demand there. Yeah, uh, uh, as, as there are in many parts of Asia. But it's interesting, that Latin America thing you say, because the assumption was that the growth was going to come from uh, places with a much lower GDP, like, like most of Africa. Mm-hmm. And thus, the only way <laughs> people were going to buy a phone is if it costs like 2p. Yeah. Um, so if we're starting to see sales value go up, then that slightly bucks that assumption. Yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I guess it's just such an important tool that people are willing to, in, in some countries, willing to spend a very large proportion of their sort of disposable income on it. Yeah. Or is it, uh, when you look at South America, for instance, that they are, that refreshment cycles are just extended? Well, that's a good point. There you are, know, refreshment yeah. cycles are extending, and therefore you wait an extra 12 months and you buy something that's a bit more expensive as opposed yeah. to... But, but the flip, really... flip side of that, Jamie, it's a good observation, but the flip side of that is another explanation for the fact that volume's going up again after it plateaued, could be that um, refresh cycles are contracting. In other words, people normally expect you to get a new phone every two years. If suddenly you're getting it every 18 months, whether it's because you just can't hold off on getting the mm. new shiny thing or whether it's probably more likely operators offering you incentives yeah. to upgrade early, um, that can obviously lead to an increase because if people are buying them more frequently, then that's going to increase the volume. Yeah, absolutely. So part of that then is moving away from the traditionally locked-in operator incentive mm. model where you're sat there for two years and you can't do anything yeah. about it. Uh, that's a very that's a very valid point. Um, just worth noting, actually, I've got the stats in front of me here, and you mentioned the African market where they're trying to sell them uh, at a much more affordable price point. While uh, the number of units sold went up five percent, the sales value only went up three percent. They are selling them at a cheaper price than right. before. Well, maybe yes, I think I that's mean... the emergence of uh, operators like Orange are doing their own. Uh, sort of proprietary smartphones, which yeah. are orange smartphones, yeah. but they're priced at like forty five dollars. label jobs, um, and they're pricing them so so affo- so affordably, should I say? Um, that well, that gr- will that will bring the average uh, selling price down. Yeah, and help to increase the number of units volume. Going. The other explanation for the increased volume in Africa could be producer Brad, who's South African, could just be. He could just be sort of solely responsible for it himself. Him and his two phones. Yeah. 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 We're going to start calling him many phones, Brad. <laughs> like we're in some old New York gang. Um, the other thing, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, grab the segue here because yeah. it's, oh, it's a sort of natural moment. One. Sorry, did you have one? Yeah. Do you, want to, do you want to do no, it anyway? No, no, you go ahead. Uh, is one of the reasons that we thought growth has stagnated is because they're struggling to give you a reason to buy another one. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Is it? Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> well, checking. Yeah. Uh, and because they're all the same, you know, mm. regardless of whether you're uh, an Apple fanboy, cough, cough, or, or an Android fanboy, or whatever it is, whatever rubbish phone Jamie's staring at at the moment. Um, it's Motorola, it's Android. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, there's not that much difference. It's a sort of five to six inch black touchscreen rectangle. Uh, yeah. And, you know, one iPhone after another or one Samsung Galaxy S after another, there's not a lot um, difference between them. So there's not a massive compulsion to upgrade. Yeah. And I was just writing a piece today about that. There was a bit of speculation I saw on the internet on sort of new features that that the new phones might have. Okay. They're talking about the iPhone having wireless charging. In fact, I'll, I'll ask you about that, Tim. Wireless charging, is that something, as an iPhone user, you think would make you sprint to the <clears throat> Apple store? There are a few things that will make me actively sprint to the Apple store. I know that you guys call me an iLifer, but I've not actually mm. bought an Apple piece of kit for more than two and a half years. Right. So it's been quite some time since I did. Um, I don't know. I mean, wireless charging, handy but not essential. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not nice losing oomph from the charge by making it wireless yeah. you know I like the fact that I can fully charge my phone in about an hour right um, and if if that means that there's going to be stretched out to two or three hours because it's wireless then that um, then then Scott is just about to sneeze no no it's gone no. okay it'll suddenly creep up on us uh, then that benefit of being wireless is negated by the fact that it takes ages. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's something that I'll find how handy. How big a hassle? It's sort of first world problem, isn't it? How big a hassle is it whacking that little charger in there? No, uh, I mean it might save me a valuable second. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, you know, I, I, I can't see it being a top selling point. It, like I said, it's helpful but not essential. So that was that. And the other interesting point, and, and we might touch on this again later, is uh, apparently wireless charging can increase the amount of heat generated by the whole process. Yes. And we're at a point in smartphone history where increasing the amount of heat generated by the batteries is not a desirable thing. No. No, um, I think I think it's a bit of a sore spot at the moment. It, it certainly it's, is. And yeah. you know that, that brings me on to the other sort of main sort of smartphone player which is Samsung. Apparently they are they're going to focus they're going to make all their phones have that sort of wrap around sort of curved display now. Yeah. Clearly the the Galaxy S7 Edge has sold well. Yeah. Um, but the other sort of leaked innovation they're going to come out with is a its own their own AI sort of personal assistant called. Oh, I've forgotten. Was it? It sounded like Brexit. Is Bixby. It? Bixby. Bixby. There we are. Yeah. I knew it had a B and an X in it. <laughs> so Bixby, I don't know. I I'd feel like a bit of a dick going Bixby and talking to my phone. Bixby sounds like a. Uh, a four-year-old of a very middle-class family in Kensington. <laughs> oh, Bixby! Yes, Bixby's already on the list for Oxford. Bixby, go get into the four by four. We're yes. going goose hunting, <laughs> or something like that. Anyway. Yes. Mm. Well, anyway, so they, you know, they, they decided they got over there. One Samsung's problems always that it doesn't want to just be the phone provider relying on the platform given to it by Google via yeah. Android. So it wants yeah, to yeah. differentiate its own thing. So it wants to have its own AI. I don't know about you, you know, quick one. We talk about AI quite a lot. But, you know, personal assistants, we've all got them on our phone. I never use mine. Do you ever use Siri, Tim? Uh, only to find the hilarious answers that Apple's yeah. programmed in there. So everyone's decided that these AI personal assistant things are definitely yeah. what we want. And there's a bit of traction for things like um, the Amazon Echo. Uh, Alexa. Uh, Alexa yeah. and all that stuff. But, again, you know, I'm hardly representative. Um, I'm probably at the, the older end of the demographic they're trying to appeal to. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't it doesn't solve a current problem that I have. That about you guys. It's just I mean it's just with every with every technological mm. sort of step forward, you always have that slow growth phase where, yeah. you know, you have the 
the early adopters and they're the only ones who use it and they're seen as unusual because mm. they're using this thing that is eventually going to become ubiqui- ubiquitous in what, maybe three or four years' time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I mean, with all due respect, Scott, but you are by, by <laughs> no far and away headed. not the desirable demographic. <laughs> you wouldn't um, put him down as your quintessential early adopter tech power user. Oh, no. I mean, you look at every... A, a lot of these tech companies and a lot of advertising firms, what do they go after? They go after, especially for brand loyalty and certainly early adoption, they go after what, anywhere between the 21 to 35-year-old bracket because yeah. they know... Oh, just in, outside that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they I'm know lucky, in, in what? four or five years time when those sorts of things become mainstream yeah. they're going to be the main buying market so yeah, you know yeah. as mm. as close as you are to that demographic Scott <laughs> you're probably not well, right, the out, right on the top of their list that, that people more like the age of you two are me spend more money on frivolous stuff because I'm too busy paying bills that's why none of us can and, buy a bloody house and buying school uniforms and stuff like that <laughs> who knows yes um Okay, any any more for any more on the smartphone stuff before we go to a break? Cool. All right. Um, yeah, we're going to play a bit of music or us messing around the studio or something, and we'll be back in a minute. And if listening to us once a week wasn't enough, don't forget about the websites where you can catch up on all the latest regulations, digital trends, and technology innovations. Uh, surely digital trends first, mate. Yeah, really? I mean, what? who listens to you anyway? What, what, what? Hundreds of people every week I'll have you know, mate. But surely digital trends first, regulation second. I'm 90% yeah. sure they chirp in for the, for the Welsh Dorset tones. Well, who cares? As uh, we're back during the break, producer Brad came in and uh, and gave us a couple of stats and, and interesting um, figures on the discussions we had in the first part. Turns out that there are one billion YouTube mobile views every single day. How about that? Cool. So uh, that actually only represents one in five YouTube views. So uh, so that's a point to Jamie. Uh, and also uh, on the discussion around uh, power, smartphone power, uh, one plus three apparently does all of its. Um, is power conversion in the socket at the wall. Uh, so while you get this big chunky plug, uh, it means that it doesn't have to do all of this conversion in the phone itself, meaning it doesn't overheat. Right. Which is quite a cool feature. And certain vendors might have wanted to know about that a few months ago. Samsung. Cool. Uh, okay, right. So not even coughing, just saying. <laughs> Straight up. Um, so uh, in this part, uh, we're going to be talking um, about a lot of stuff. We'll have to rattle through quite quickly. So 5G has got a new logo. Yeah, so I... I Wrote a few little five G ish things this week, so I'll just I'll just pile in. All right, cool. Jay, um, should we go get a pint at least got two? <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'll tell you what, Jay, why don't you stare at your phone for a bit? <laughs> um All right, five G. They're making yeah. like deep fried burgers on uh, on Facebook, so uh, okay, it's, well, it looks quite enough, good. Man. That's fair enough. Yeah. It does look quite good. Uh, uh, do you know when I was on holiday I had a slow cooked short uh, beef short rib donut. How about that? Woof. Anyway. Oh, Back on track. We were talking about rattling through this, and we've just spent two minutes yeah. talking about inane shit. I mean. So, um, um, right, okay. Five G got a new logo. So yeah, the three GPP that is sort of in charge of uh, rubber stamping five G has come out of the logo, um, and that's fine. That in itself isn't particularly exciting. It's along similar design themes to the four G and three G and yeah. whatever else logos. But I just thought it's funny because it was basically going, you know, help yourself. And stick it on stuff. Help, help yourself in what sense? To, to people who want to use it in their marketing. Oh, so, okay. you know, a constant criticism we have is everyone's banging on about 5G and it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. 
Um, but everything's pre-5G and there's 5G partnership of the day and there's all that sort of thing. <laughs> and it happened before with 4G. And yeah, we understand why people want to market it because it's the next big thing in telecom. So you want yep. to be associated with it. Who wants? You know, It's not very good marketing to go, we've got a product and it's really good with something that's 10 years old. You know, they want to say it's it's the next thing. Yeah. So what they seem to be doing with this new logo is sort of encouraging this 5G spam that we're already seeing. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, and that there was... is a lot of 5G spam. There is. I mean, and now it's going to have a logo on it. The, the 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 baying masses who listen to this podcast won't won't be aware of just how full of crap a journalist's inbox is. <laughs> um, 5G just spam. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So there's that. Um, and a few other sort of people jumping on the 5G bandwagon. Ofcom, the UK uh, regulator, mm. um, published this this document that was supposed to be a sort of update on what it's doing in 5G, but it read like 5G for dummies. Nice. Like my first 5G. <laughs> my you know, first 5G. You know, and they're like 5G is going to be very helpful for mummies and daddies sort of thing. <laughs> um, and I just sort of had to take the piss out of that because it was, it was really reducing it down to uh, first principles and there sure. are a bunch of sort of pictures with it you know all the points the, the more serious point they made was was about spectrum mm. and they were trying to explain so I don't know who the target audience was because if it was people who who've been writing about this stuff for ages jaded hacks like us yeah. then we already knew it and you know a person and on the street isn't going to read this just, stuff either so care. someone in the middle yeah um, I don't know I know a lot of people who idly browse through Ofcom's media page yeah. just in case that's it man that's, that's, yeah. that's a that's a typical Friday night for me. <laughs> um, and but anyway, so they were talking about spectrum, and they're explaining that there's that there's low frequency spectrum that's very handy for going a long way, and then there's <laughs> middle frequency spectrum that's a bit handy at going a long way, but also got quite a lot of capacity. And then there's really high frequency sort of millimeter wave spectrum that doesn't go very far, but it's got lots of capacity. So all these things, isn't it? They're all facts. It's all. It's just interesting that it's spelled it out mm. like that. And of course, you know, millimetre wave, they're like 28 gigahertz plus. Yeah. It's all well and good. I remember when we did a podcast here, that one of our Christmas ones, and, and I pointed out millimetre wave to Mary Clark. Yeah. And she went, yeah, that's really handy if you're sat right next to the, the base station. Yeah. Um, and they have very short range, so it remains to be seen how useful that is. And then, you know, one last one well, in the name of rattling through, um, okay. which is sort of semi-related, is 3UK, the, the fourth oper- mobile operator in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it's buying a company called UK Broadband, but actually the main asset that UK Broadband has is um, some Spectrum, which, as right. we know, is a very scarce resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, as, uh, and as Ofcom reminded us, it's like what the internet flies around in through the air. Is that how they phrased it? Well, that was how I paraphrase it. Excellent. Um, and, uh, and they've got a bunch of stuff in more in the sort of 3 gigahertz plus area, which is of limited use right now, but is expected to be, as, again, Ofcom explained, much used much more in 5G Yeah. when we're looking for all this greater capacity and we're having to go up in, in terms of frequency yeah. to do so. So that was an interesting move for 3, because we've all written stories about 3 moaning about it hasn't got enough spectrum, haven't we? Yeah. And Always. they've got all these groups like giveusstufffree.com or something <laughs> like that. Um, and they're always lobbying for more. And, and I said, credit where it's due. They've actually put their hand in their pocket, mm. actually gone and bought some of the spectrum that's available. Yep, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, notwithstanding any commentary you guys might have on that sort of 5G monologue, that's me done. Jay? No. Right, then, uh, <laughs> then I'm going to crack my knuckles and get on with it. Um, I actually think with the spectrum stuff, spectrum is one of those really, really arcane sides of, of yeah. telecoms. It is 
thoroughly baffling. And it actually, when I try and figure out how on earth it actually works, it yeah. makes me have some sort of weird existential crisis. <laughs> I just can't get my head. Yeah. It's like my brother-in-law gets these sort of sort of similar existential crises over really normal things like okay. how how does glue stick <laughs> uh how is glass see-through yeah, and yeah. all that sort of stuff Just how do you get silicon essentially from sand and then how do you make yeah. electricity happen and all that sort of stuff physics is a funny old game exactly yeah um, so I can understand why Ofcom did sort of publish this guide okay. to try and at least clarify it slightly. I think I'm being a bit too jaded and cynical. Yeah, potentially, but it's because I think we're so exposed to it yeah. constantly. Um, I need that... to get out more is what you're saying. <laughs> um, sure. Um, <laughs> Nokia have been busy. Um, we've got them having done quite a lot of stuff this week. They bought people and set up things okay. and did well, a bunch of other stuff so well, I'll, on, start, I'll start because I wrote the earlier ones I'll hand over to uh, Jamie who just wrote about one today uh, so they bought a company called CompTEL which um, not many people have heard of because they do OSS which is Operation Support System which is basically a sort of software plumbing mm-hmm. that keeps um, keeps networks chugging along Okay, and they bought them for 347 million euros uh, that they're also a Finnish company, so we can see there's a sort of easy culture fit there, or at least a language fit anyway. Yeah. Um, but the reason they did it is, Nokia said a little while ago, all, all these companies, we've spoken about it, especially with Ericsson a lot, how they need to diversify, need to get away from just selling um, you know, radio gear yeah. to operators because that's just not paying the bills. Um, and they, their big thing is we're going to be a software company. You know, Obviously, in, in a... In a telecoms context, you know, they're not just going to suddenly go and yeah. buy Adobe or something. <laughs> um, we're going to be a software company, and this is the first sort of major M and A sort of gesture they've made towards that. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that. And then the other thing I wrote about with them, um, well, actually, no, it's not to do with them, but this is this sort of links on to uh, Jamie's other Nokia one mm-hmm. is talking about IoT. Now, the story I wrote to do with IoT is to do with um, a company called Actility, which specialises in a, in a type of low-power um, network called LoRa. Mm-hmm. And they've um, got together with a satellite company called Inmarsat yep. to claim the, the world's first global LoRa IoT network. Ooh. And, uh, and that's my way of going... using satellite. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and the point of this, you know, IoT is going to have all these devices connected and we're all, they're all going to be sort of feeding data into the cloud and then we'll be able to tell them to do informed things. Yeah. And it's all very utopian and great. But it's not much good if they're only connected some of the time. Yeah. So the reason why you need a global network, why, the reason why you need sort of satellite backup is that there's never a time, even if you're sort of monitoring crops in the Australian outback or whatever, right. where you don't have this connectivity. Because if, if you have black spots, if you have areas where you can't make that connectivity, then it's all Useless, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so point. that's that. And uh, Jamie, you wrote about global IoT and Nokia today, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Why did uh, you speak to him like a four-year-old? Because I just realised it was a rather forced segue, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'd sort of taken about five minutes to lead up to that point. That's all. Um, yeah, it, it was something that we went for a briefing, or well, I went for a briefing the other day down there with the guys at Nokia and. East London or East City London, yeah, um, and it's basically just it's a global IoT network. So you've got IoT networks in each individual com- uh, country, but you've got very few global, or you haven't got any global operators. So yeah. how do you 
ensure a seamless experience across an IoT network, going from region to region, from operator to operator, some yeah. you know cellular to non-cellular networks. You know, how do you actually oh, do um, that? Actility and Inmarsat just launched. So <laughs> quite that would address that. Yeah, you're oh, not wrong, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, go on. Basically, Nokia sits at the top of the tree yeah. and just controls everything. So they essentially act as, I don't know, if you liken it to an orchestra, you've got the conductor at the top and you know he's telling all the violinists in France to do this and he's yeah, telling all, right. the, all the percussionists in oh, okay. Germany to do this. Yeah. And, it's good you know, metaphor. You get you get you get one IoT signal all the way through, which basically Nokia controls. You get one point a bit, uh, one bill, and all that right. sort of thing. Right. So it's okay. it's a it's a it's a useful little proposition. Yeah. Um, so Nokia are going after the big customers, the ones that sit at the very top, yeah. multinational enterprises. Sure. And then they're white labeling this IoT. Yeah. Network, which is made up of a federation of operators, which right. then can be sold to the operators, which they sell on to other customers. Right. So, or, is that meant to be interoperable with other vendors' gear, or do you have to exclusively buy Nokia stuff to be able to connect into this network? Um, well, in theory, when we go through to the world of 5G, mm-hmm. everything's going to be interoperable, yeah, isn't it? It's so, all in the you cloud, know, isn't it? Gonna it's all going to be in the lovely. yeah. It's all going to be open. It's all going to be interoperable. Ooh. We're all crossing the finish God. line together. So yeah. When, so in, in theory, yes. But you know, when does in theory actually work mm-hmm. out? When when five G arrives, it's going to be the summer of sixty nine all over. Again. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um in in theory, I say this massively. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, it is. It's interoperable. Yeah. Um, so it, there should be. It should work with different. Uh, and there is for yeah. for IT. There's a general sort of. Uh, land grab going on same as there is yeah. with uh with 5g i was uh, uh i was at a dinner with intel last night and the the premise of that was them talking about how totally into 5g they are and the details were reasonably thin on the ground it was more of a sort of statement of intent and that was just indicative of you know everyone's doing it even companies that you wouldn't necessarily have thought were competing with each other they all want to be seen to be Right in the middle of 5G and IoT and the cloud, those being the sort of three pillars of, of where ICT is going over the next decade. Um, so, yeah, and so that Nokia doing stuff like this is just going, okay, you know, we got this covered. And I think kind of throwing down the gauntlet a bit. I think it's a great idea. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I said this in the article I wrote, you know, they, it's a very sensible solution. Um, yeah. You know, if there's, there's no operator in the world that can do this, and let's be yeah, honest, yeah. the operator's going to bicker and moan, so they're never going to elect one person to stand at the top of the tree and, and sort of allow and dictate activities yeah. to everyone else. So then so, Nokia just go, right, follow our lead, guys. Well, you need one of the kit vendors. On. I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest, right, of Huawei, Ericsson and Nokia, they probably, I know they're massively at each other's throats, but well, an operator, well, yeah, but yeah. an operator probably has bits of kit yeah. from every single one of those yeah. operators, yeah. Uh, network vendors. Yeah. So Nokia's in a good position, and it's the one that's really just gone, bugger it, I'm going to take the initiative. Yeah. They've got, they got relationships with pretty much every operator on the planet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's and a great, the, pl- great the big plus side, I mean, I was thinking about this sort of, uh, I didn't, didn't put it in the article, but, you know, I was thinking ultimately, can the others do this can they launch their own solution yes they can but if you look at huawei not having that much of a influence in north america 
or yep. in the States in particular, that's a massive hole yeah. in the IoT network. That's not going to change that Trump's there, is it? No, no. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's a, I mean, is this a way that sort of Ericsson and Nokia can claw back some ground against Huawei, quite yep. possibly? Yeah. Who knows? We're looking for that edge. Well, yeah. Maybe one day when, when Nokia does sort of probably launch all of this sort of stuff, we can... Oh, it's just, launched. Just, just remember. Oh, it's launched already, is it? Well, they lo- um, they're debuting it at yeah. Mobile World Congress. Okay. So in theory, I think you should be able to sign up from Mobile World Congress onwards, oh. from what I understand. Interesting. Cool. They're going to be our new IoT overlords. Yeah, mm. we'll get to Mobile Congress. Can I have one IoT, please? Yeah. What? <laughs> you literally can do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there is go, one Scott. global network, so you can just go. Yeah, I'll have one IoT, please. Um, but yeah. no, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, there's how happy the operator is going to be. This is something we were talking about, Scott. Mm-hmm. Nokia wants to have its cake and yeah. eat it too. Yeah. You know, what do you define as a large multinational? How much do the operators get thereafter? Yeah. You know, are they going to be happy with bloody Nokia muscling in well, on the managed services yeah. Yeah. business unit and sort of like relegating them to commodities again? Yeah, who knows? No, that's the thing. When, you, so, when you're looking to diversify and, and change what you're doing, the chances of you coming into direct competition with your own customers uh, comes greater. So it's a very delicate yeah. balancing act. Yeah. Um, one thing that that would find this Nokia IoT network useful. Is uh, is the smart fitness T-shirt, which is a uh, thing. Yeah, is it? yeah. We're we're starting to find proven new first, wearable, first proper, you know, fabricy wearable. Okay, as um, opposed to a normal top with a sort of bit of silicon chucked into the corner. This is ridiculous, actually. Jamie's just remembered this. No, because okay. I sent it on to you earlier. Yeah, the reason did, yeah. I sent it on to you is because I think it's just. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, let's, let's explain for the listeners' benefit what this exactly is. Basically, this is like a fitness t shirt. They called it a smart fitness t shirt. Uh, if you always find yourself needing root guidance on a run but get tired of following a screen. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I always sort of, have that problem. Does, a, does um, the garment actually move your legs in the right direction or something? Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 basically, the way that it works is that it'll, it'll know what your run is going to be, your roots. You program it in. Um, using a companion app. Uh-huh. Um, and then when you're on your route, it will keep track of where you are and then it will buzz on the shoulders as right. to which direction to turn uh... at which point. Um, Do you know what I... Sorry to interrupt. No, that's cool. The one thing I really don't get about this, and this is why I think it's designed for what I can only describe as <laughs> simpletons, <laughs> right? um, is that for this garment yeah. to learn what route you go running on, it's a route that you have to go running on all the time. I see. So it only kicks in once you've done the run. Well, no, but how is it going to be able to tell you which direction to go unless you've done that route before? They don't actually specify, but what I think you have to do is program it in using your smartphone. So, so I, I mean, all they've done is say... You still have to use your smartphone in order to do the exercise, but you might not have to take your smartphone with you. Well, if However, what, if the vast ju- majority of people... Sorry, Scott, just very quickly. The vast majority of people who go on a run listen to music while they do it anyway. So they're going to need to have their phone with them, at which point you just have Google yeah. Maps also or Nike Running Plus or whatever but, uh, in but there as is, well. But this is what so I don't not- get. Like, the majority of people... How often do you go running... Never. In, uh, well, okay. <laughs> so, so, I, so, I run, so I run quite often, yeah. and I run... When I go outside, around my flat, 
I'm, you know, I just, know... Just around the building over and over well, again? Well, no, but or, around, in the area like around... Lion. Hackney, Dolston, yeah. you know, that sort of area. Oh, that's where he I, lives, listeners. I know where I'm, <laughs> I know where I'm going. Yeah. Now, I'm not stupid enough that if I go to a city where I've got no idea where I'm going <laughs> I'm not going to wander it? into the street and just yeah. you know with my runners and then just go wandering well, the down yeah. about the model you were saying is that the the thing only knows the route if you do it loads of times or if you tell it yeah, yeah. and if you've done it loads of times you know where you're going that's why it's for yeah. simpletons <laughs> it's for simpletons I mean look this, this sounds like uh, the Nike Plus running app that I use when I go for a run not that often um, but when I do go for a run, I use that, and, and and then it uses my phone just to track where I've gone, and it tells me how fast I've been running in these you know specific streets. And yeah, stuff. but that's not guiding it's, you. It's not telling you where to go. It's no, tracking it's not, but, I mean, your performance. This, yeah, but this does it does that as well. So this tries that you can then sync that data back onto your onto your computer or your smartphone or whatever. I don't, personally, um, I think it's for idiots. Yeah, yeah no, not, no. This again, we come back to the sort of early adopter tech power mm. users who just like having things for the sake of having yeah. it. Um, and the sort of anyway. the first world problem that nearly all sort of contemporary tech does. Yeah. Do you know it's not exactly solving a life and death problem. I, so. I think that this should definitely this should be rolled out throughout the world because this is like a shortcut to Darwin Awards. I see. Uh, you know what the, the Darwin Awards yeah. are? Where people oh, yeah, take yeah, themselves yeah, yeah. out of the yeah. gene pool. Yeah, they take themselves out of the gene pool. If someone's going to go outside and go running and get lost in an area that you pr- pretty much already know because you told the, the garment where you're going... You're that simple that you yeah. don't deserve to breed. You should, <laughs> you should be taken out of the gene pool. Wow, this has and really got your back. Oh, it's up, really it? irritated is, me. Do you know what? This might put you. Um, this might give you a little smile though, Jamie, because it then says over on its campaign page. It's kind of like Kickstarter, but on a different platform. Uh, only a fraction of the uh, £6,000 target has been reached. Okay. Uh, but good. for those looking to get involved, the Early Bird Special will see you receive a T-shirt for £30, which is half of the eventual retail tag of £59. Fifty-nine pounds. God, I mean, these businesses—they're up there with bloody like cereal cafes or right. that sort of bloody thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just in the concluding paragraph of this as well. It's brilliant. If the funding does prove successful, Signal, the the, the product, the company, uh, hopes to ship the teas in April 2017 and help you find your way home, just in case you've desperately been lost for ages. <laughs> And then go, do you know what? What I need is a T-shirt in three months from now that will help me get home. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, I'll me- just sit in yeah. the cereal cafe and bide my time. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So, according to BT, 5.4 million parents are unsure about kids' online slang, according to some research that they did. Uh-huh. Uh, so, previously, with this sort of you know quirky campaign that BT ran, they made loads of grandmas use Snapchat. Yeah, that's right. Which was which was all very funny, uh, and this time they've they've quizzed adults over uh, how uh, how much they understand about how how kids, yeah. basically young people, use um, use sort of uh, acronyms, emoji, things like that. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's written it in a very nice and sending way. Um, <laughs> for some people, the internet can be hard to navigate, and thanks to internet terminology such as acronyms and emoji. Our language is changing. LOL used to mean lots of love, but most people now know it as laugh out loud. Even I've only ever known it as laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah, no, I, right. didn't th- I thought it was yeah, laugh out loud all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Um, emojis used millions of times every day on social media and in texts can mean different things to different people. <gasps> and some proved baffling when presented to respondents. When used by kids, the cheeky monkey with paws over its mouth uh, translates to I won't tell anyone. 
uh, but over half of parents could not identify this meaning. The emoji face with cross eyes is typed by children when they've seen something X-rated online. But only 5% of parents took this to mean that their child is tired. Sorry, but 5% of parents take this to mean that their child is tired, couldn't see their friend's point of view, or had been snubbed by a boy or a girl. Blimey. Uh, there are a couple of bit more sort of darker what about ones that, in there. What about that poo emoji? I wonder what parents think of that. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen that? Yeah, I, I, I think I just it's don't a bit know what to unfair say to, that. To, to just limit this to parents as well, actually. Yeah? Yeah, well, like, down the rugby club, there's quite a few youngsters who play there. You know, they're only, like, 20, yeah. 21. I don't have a bloody clue what they're talking about half-time. You know, they can't just... You know, some of the stuff that they You're not that, that much older than them, No, Jamie. I know, exactly. That's yeah. why I've got sympathy uh, but, for parents. But the, like, git, yeah. the git is strong in him. Yeah, <laughs> no, but they come out... Like, a couple of them say, like, lit and all that sort of thing. I don't have a fucking clue what lit means. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, OK, we'll, we'll wrap this up relatively quickly. Just one here. I wasn't happy with BT for this because they're kind of snitching on the kids here. Okay. Uh, the number 99, as a, the emoji 99... Uh, or just typed as 99, is used by children to indicate that their, to their friends that their parents have stopped watching. Uh, a code which parents could find useful to know. What grass is, man? Oh, that's out of order. Um, anyway, yeah, thanks for that, BT. Um, well, we're really running out of time, aren't we? Uh, OK, uh, people are afraid that mo- uh, machines are going to take their jobs, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, you found that, didn't you? Unfounded. <laughs> Unfounded. Yeah, I mean, oh. half the time, yeah, taxi drivers should be worried, but in, like, 30 years, maybe... Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, white collar jobs. It's all right, journalists. Journalists, we're fine. Well, then, we're fine. Then I don't care. Yeah, cool. give a shit. Yeah, okay, that's done. Uh, and uh, Samsung stuff blew up again this week, guys. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. As we always love. Factory this time. Yeah, it was a supplier. It's the. It was, the, it was Samsung SGI. Is it? SDI, SGI, something like that. They make the. They make the. It was the ones that made the battery in the Note Seven. For the Note Seven. Yeah. Now they got a fire at their factory. That's not the kind of PR they need at this particular moment in time. But they were falling out over what actually caused the, which is actually quite an interesting part of it. The fire marshal says it was something on the production line, and Samsung turned around and said, "No, we've already spotted the problem. It was one that was in the bin." Yeah, it's right. just someone put your fag out. It got yeah. nothing to do with the batteries. Yeah. Nothing to see here. Move on. Yeah, along. so mm. they they're trying to. I don't know. Yeah, it's well, d- it's dodgy. It's, yeah, and it's still just hilarious. <laughs> uh, and finally, telecoms.com and Light Reading have officially tied the knot. Oh uh, right, yes. Well, we uh, we put out a press release this week, and I wrote a little story referring to us getting married. Yeah. In a lavish yet discreet ceremony or intimate ceremony. You, I, I, I didn't get the invite. In, in, no. Well, you you were I there in there. spirit. Oh. Oh yeah. what? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Okay. No. Nah, do you know what? No. Nah, no. I'm. I'm. I'm calling. Jamie was there in a, in a sort. Of... Yeah. You know, no. I'm out. <laughs> oh dear. That's awkward. Okay. Well, listeners, thanks a lot for listening to that. Um, we'll just wrap it up there, and uh, maybe Tim will come back next week. Maybe he won't. Cheers. Thanks very much indeed for joining us on another episode of A Week in Wireless. Join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag AWIW. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, same people, but even better. 